Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Theology on Mission. Uh, this is our pre-Christmas episode during the wonderful season of Advent. But when I was growing up, I didn't know anything about Advent. Dave, did you know about Advent growing up? Yeah, what, what is Advent, uh, Uh Tell us what Advent is. Advent is, is four-plus weeks of preparation, of anticipation, of preparing to receive the coming of God. Advent is the coming and so when I was growing up, it was just Christmas, right? You just had a whole bunch of time after Thanksgiving to think about Christmas, to, to wonder about all your Christmas presents, to add up your potential Christmas money, and to plan how you were going to spend it. That was pretty much how I spent most of December. And is there anything in, in particular that really irritates you? Maybe this isn't the most positive way to talk about it, but... Is there anything that really irritates you about the prototypical uh, kind of Protestant conservative uh, sermon around Advent or Christmas? Well, I think anything. I, I know you got one up your sleeve, but I got one that maybe you weren't thinking of, which was <clears throat> that Christmas was a time to prove that Jesus was really God or to prove that all the prophecies in the Old Testament really pointed to Jesus. So it was very much apologetic. It was uh, Christmas is to show that Scripture is truthful in everything that it says, and that all these prophecies point to Jesus, which is not bad. So, like, in one sense, I'm not against that. But now, um, I don't know if that's as robust of a view of Christmas or Advent. But what, Dave, kind of gets under your skin when it comes to Christmas or Advent preaching? Yeah, 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 yeah. To me, um, we kind of miss the whole point of Incarnation Christmas. Uh, if indeed we go to that place where we say Jesus came and was born to die. And so again, the whole focus of Christmas becomes the substitutionary atonement of Christ, born into human flesh so he could pay the penalty of our sin. Now, obviously, there's truth to that, some at least. But Holzclaw, doesn't it kind of miss the point of Advent? Well, <clears throat> not if you're Lutheran. <laughs> Lutherans' views <laughs> for I don't know how many Lutheran uh, listeners we have, but you know, Lutherans, you know, some Catholic traditions uh, view Advent kind of as a mini Lent. It's a mini preparation for Lent. Jesus would only come. Because of sin in the world, we must use Advent as a time to think about the sin in the world, our participation in sin, our uh, complicity in sin, as, uh, to make way for a reception of Christ. So yeah. there is something to that, um, certainly, uh, unless you're Eastern Orthodox, in which case the Incarnation would have happened anyways, I suppose, right? Exactly. <clears throat> and I don't, by the way, I don't want to blame Luther for this entirely, but the Lutheranization of Christmas. By the way, Luther and the Lutherans and the way they observe Christmas, quite contrary to the way the Lutheranization of Christmas took place within evangelicalism. But I think we digress. And and, and so I want to suggest two ideas, two, let's call them sermons, that kind of for me are the essential themes. Now, I know that the Advent wreath focuses on love Joy, peace, hope. Did I say them in the right order? Everyone gets mad at me if I don't, I don't think say so. them in the I right order. Love, peace, joy, and then hope. We just did joy this week. 
Yeah, well, I don't trust that you know the right order of uh, love, joy, peace. So, but uh, but whatever the I think love comes last. No, love, joy, peace. Never mind. Never mind. It doesn't. It does matter, but not for this podcast. Um, <laughs> I want to suggest two themes that every pastor out there must take the opportunity of Advent to teach their people, to lead their people into. And the first theme is the theme of eschatology, that we are living in between the first coming and the second coming. You know, uh, oh, uh, by the way, folks, we're not doing this in the Griffith Conference. Um, the, I'm sorry, the Griffith Broadcast Studio, Northern Seminary. We're doing it via Skype technology, and I just saw that Holesclaw yawned like you wouldn't believe <laughs> when I when I said the word eschatology, which is a problem, mm. which basically is the problem. We are yawning. That's right. Through Put, putting me to sleep. Putting and of course, sleep. what what Advent does is it usually starts out with the proclamation that Jesus is returning, a second coming, and goes to the first coming, which is kind of counterintuitive, because we, we live between the first coming and the second coming. But nonetheless, the point is we are to teach people how to live eschatologically in the times. And so one of the um, great texts in the lectionary during Advent is 1 Thessalonians 1 through 9. Paul says, now concerning the times and seasons, the times and the seasons, brothers and sisters, you don't need me to tell you this, for you know very well the day of the Lord is coming and will come like a thief in the night. And then he says a little later on, for live as children of the light. Verse 5, for you are children of the light, children of the day, not of the night or the darkness. So let us not fall asleep. Let us keep awake and be sober. Let us be attentive. Let us live in between times, the times. And the great opportunity of Advent, I mean, I'm getting inspired just talking about it. We have lost the eschatological sense in terms of how we live as Christians in the world today. Would you agree, Holzclaw? Yes, I think so. And um, I think it messes with our, I would say, emotions. Like a lot of times we think of eschatology as just things we know, but we know through uh, all sorts of studies and things that our emotions are really controlled by how we kind of think and perceive the world. And so can we perceive, think and perceive the world from a place of security from a place of understanding that Christ is the victor over all and is bringing all things under his lordship, uh, non-coercively. Um, and can we rest and be non-anxious people in the midst of that? Uh, and I yeah. think that's what we miss, is we're, we're still very anxious people. So when I was over at Life on the Vine, the, the church that uh, you are now co-pastoring, <clears throat> I used the story of my love for Northwestern football. And I talked about how me and mutual friend of ours, Matt Tebby, um, had this conversation. We were somewhere, I forget where, and I was taping the game, or what do you call it, Devo? What do you, what do you call it now when you... DVR? Uh, I don't know. what I, I was making sure I could watch the game because I was missing it. And Tebby asked me, when you, you know, when you tape the game, 
and they lose, do you go back and watch the tape? And I go, no. And he, being a Notre Dame fan, he doesn't go back and watch the Notre Dame game if he already knows the ending and they lost. But if they won, it's amazing. I go back and I watch every play. I relish in every detail. When they're down by two touchdowns and things are looking grim, I'm still there, fully confident, but, oh, I'm taking in all the beauty of the turning of events and that they're going to win the game. And at your church the other day, I said, isn't it amazing? Because when I'm watching the game live, I'm fretting. I'm throwing things at the TV. I'm losing my mind. I'm going, oh, if we're down two touchdowns, I'm going, it's over. The game is over. I just might as well give up right here. How different is the disposition, the posture, when I know the end of the game? And I challenge just out of the words of, 1 Thessalonians 5, 1 through 9, that we know where this is all heading. We know in every situation of our lives, in every uh, conflict in our neighborhoods, in every injustice that we stick our presence into to say Jesus is calling us to this, we can do so knowing that Jesus is ruling as the Lamb at the right hand that he's bringing all things to its conclusion. And so when the Apostle Paul says, the day of the Lord is coming, you know it. You know, the day of the Lord, this idea. Are you still listening or did I lose you because I went off on that? I'm listening. The day good of stuff. The Everyone else is about, listening too. <clears throat> the day of the Lord, fourth time, day of the Lord is all about God bringing all things to its conclusion. In this marvelous way that he does, he does not coerce. He is working in and through all the suffering and the circumstances to bring things to its conclusion. And if we know the ending, day of the Lord, we can somehow be more attentive and less striving, more patient, and yet more persevering and more faithful to his presence and what he's doing. Um, I just think... Advent is the time to say Jesus has come and he's coming and he's bringing all things to its conclusion. Can we live as children of the light? Can we know where this is going and see what God's doing and help other people to see it and call people to join in? What do you think, Oskar? What do you think about that theme? Well, of course, I love it. And I'm sure our wonderful listeners, uh, they love it too. can Christmas and Advent be not a time where we uh, debase or demean or focus on the negative of sin and what Jesus will do when he grows up and dies on the cross? But can Advent and Christmas be a time to remember the completed work of Christ and how it will be uh, it will be finally completed at one time? And so it's a celebration. It should be joy, joy, peace, hope, love. Whatever order that might be in, those are all very positive things. Not sorrow, lament, fasting, consternation. So can we rejoice again? I mean, I think it's so important that Christians learn how to live in the presence of Christ, in the sufferings, in the conflicts, in the struggles, paying attention to what he's doing, staying faithful. So anyways, Advent's a great time to do that. My My other theme comes from the idea of uh, another 
key Advent text, Mark 1, 1 through 8, and the other parallels in the Gospels, where, um, you know, uh, the messenger, John the Baptist, appears in the wilderness, and, and the prophet Isaiah says, I will send my messenger ahead of you. This is Mark 1, 1 through 8, but also in John and other Gospels. I will send my messenger ahead of you to who will prepare the way. A voice, one call, lean in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight the paths for him. And so John the Baptist appears in the wilderness preaching this, this baptism of repentance, making way for Christ to come. And I think this, again, is another great Advent theme. Um, the idea that um, uh, we must make space for God to come. I think it's a really strange thing to for Americans to think in terms of preparing the way for God. We must prepare the way for God. But again, key Advent theme. You know, why doesn't God just come on in and just bulldoze his way in? You know, he's God after all, right? Amen. But no, but no we learn... Once again, God will not coerce his way into our lives. We must make space for him. He comes to be present. He comes to uh, uh, do great things in our lives. He's coming. This is the Advent theme. God is coming. He has come in Christ by his, uh, in the incarnation, but by his spirit, he's extending his presence into our lives. Will we open up space for him to do something new. And I just think about all the ways, Christ, you know, American life is programmed. It's on autopilot. We all think we know what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to go to college. We're supposed to get good grades. We're supposed to do this. We're supposed to get a job. We're supposed to get married. We're supposed to have 2.5 kids or 1.8 or whatever it is. We're supposed to, you know, buy a house. We're supposed to get two cars in the garage. We're supposed to, we're supposed to do this. This, this is the way life and one, and, and actually no, God wants to disrupt. God wants to open, wants us to open up space for him to do something new. Think of John the Baptist, the disruptive prophetic character who's wearing locusts, who's eating locusts and wild honey, half, you know, he's wearing camel skin, half naked, repent, disrupting Israel. This is Advent. Make way for something new, for God to do something new in our lives at Advent. Um, these are two very important formations for Christians in living the Christian life and mission. Wouldn't you agree, Jeff Holzclaw? <clears throat> yes, and the, the thing I want to add for all of us is these, these two ways are very participatory. Maybe that's kind of an old and overused word now. But there, there are things God is calling us into alongside, with, and through the work He is already doing. Uh, the typical kind of Christmas sermon that I was raised with, and maybe that some of us uh, still are in and around, is very much unilateral. It's God is doing this, and God's word is proven to be true, and uh, God is at work, and uh, we should just be thankful, which are not bad things, and certainly God is at work, and we should be thankful, but we are called into that work. We are called to respond 
like Zacharias and Elizabeth. We're called to respond. Uh, uh, may it be according to your word, just like Mary does. We're called to respond the way John does, to prepare the way. We're to live according to the hope of Christ's coming again. All right, so these are all things that we're engaged with. And so can we, as we uh, minister uh, Christmas Eve, this year at least, uh, as a Sunday, can we open our gifts and presents and ask ourselves, how are we participating in the gift-giving work of God this year? Rather than just being more passive, are you receiving the gift of Christ? That's usually how uh, Christmas is kind of preached to us. Are you, you need to receive the gift of Christ. Which is true, but are you yes. giving? The, are you giving the gift of Christ? Are you saying yes? Are you walking with? Are you preparing the way so that the gifts can be given to others? Yes, <clears throat> and, and uh, my emphasis in both of these sermons is God is orchestrating in the midst. He has come in Christ. He's extending His presence to us by the Spirit into the world, and so He's orchestrating in all of our circumstances. Will we make space for him to work in our lives, in our neighborhoods, in our, in our homes, around the tables? Will we discern what he's doing and how he's working in our lives? I know that's pie in the sky for still for some people, but for me it's so real because Christ comes to extend forgiveness. He, he comes to extend reconciliation. He comes to extend reconciliation of broken relationships. He comes to make way for a, a relationality that transforms socioeconomics. He comes to heal people's bodies and souls and lead them to new places in their lives. And I just think this is the greatest season to emphasize these themes and lead people into a deeper walk with Christ, not only in our lives, but all around us in our neighborhoods. You know, that was a, that was a very long, how, how long have we gone on this podcast? Do you We're know? good. We're ready to okay. land. Let's land the plane. Well, I just want to say, um, uh, I wish we had done this Advent podcast probably three weeks ago at the beginning of Advent. Maybe we'll rerun it next year at the beginning of Advent. But for me, this has been a really key learning time in Advent on how to shepherd my own life my family's life, my church's life, into the coming and the presence of Jesus Christ by his incarnation. I should add, those sermons lead to Christmas and the celebration of the coming of Christ to change the world in the incarnate birth uh, at Christmas. So it's just, it's my favorite time of the year. I, I know a lot of people think Lent's my favorite time of the year because I like to like, you know, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm You very... like to rip people out? <laughs> no. Uh but Advent is, and, and, and I, I'm also feeling guilt because I'm, I'm hearing people say, Fitch, Easter should be your favorite time of the year. Maybe it will be in about four months from now. But right now, Advent is my favorite time. That just means you're, you know, give it 20 years and you'll be Eastern Orthodox. <laughs> For the Eastern Orthodox, the, the incarnation is the main thing and everything else is just gravy. That's right. That's right. Well, I'm not going to become Eastern Orthodox, although I do appreciate those Orthodox and a Baptist. That's what's going to... It's on the horizon. But the I just want to say We're Merry breaking. Christmas to everybody out there in uh, radio land, uh, podcast land, Theology on Mission 
podcast land. We we hope you have a blessed Christmas and, and a good holiday with family, friends, extended family, neighborhood. Um, and, and, you know, Holesclaw, he, he's a little bit of a, you know, he, he, he needs to get into the feeling of Christmas a little bit more right now. Don't, uh, are you feeling <laughs> it a little bit more? But I, we, we, I love Advent. Do you have any final greetings for everybody? No, not really. With no announcements. Well, greeting seasons, you know, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to everyone. I think we're going to throw in a little podcast between Christmas and New Year. So be, uh, you know, just in case you are uh, you know, having trouble with your in-laws or other people, you can slip off okay, and, and listen to us. Okay, downhill fast, ladies and <laughs> gentlemen. I just want to say on behalf of Host Law and me, Merry Christmas to you. God bless you. May this time be a holy time and a joyous time and a celebratory time. For Theology on Mission Podcast 2017, signing off for Jeff Holsclaw, here's Dave Finch. We will see you next time.